Good evening, good evening. Let's get right into another KG, Fifth Ward, Wildcat, and Doc podcast. What's your rant for the day? Fellas, how are you doing, first of all? I'm doing well. Like I said, what's your rant for the day? Good to be back in the house from Atlanta. Great trip to Atlanta. What's your rant for the day? Atlanta was good. (laughs) That's That's how good I'm feeling right now. How was it good? Tell folks why you were there, Doc. I was there, one, to um, partial personal opportunity to spend some time with my wife's family, bring my son down there for his birthday. He just turned one year old as of yesterday, Um, but we were down there and also had an opportunity to do some partial business, met with the commissioner of the SIAC to get some insight of where he's taking the SIEC. Uh, told me, um, I told him congratulations. Central State has become a full member of the conference, and I got that news a little early. It was actually released Wednesday. So I was able to put that out there, and that was uh, big to see that. But uh, they're moving forward, have a lot of things on the table, of some initiatives that they're trying to move forward that will be released pretty quickly. Uh, financially, he has the SIEC in a very good spot when he took over, and the person I'm uh, referencing is Commissioner Moore. He um, actually had a deficit, and he's taken them to a surplus, and actually to such a positive side on the surplus that they're over a quarter of a million dollars in a non-depository saving account, which uh, doesn't allow you to even encroach on that accounting, and they're talking about moving that into some other low-risk funding to actually... Um, grow over the years so he's a very influential guy he works with the other commissioners he reads our research report he's working us with uh, on a symposium we did one last year where we got to talk to students at miles college and was going to be a part of the siac basketball tournament the weather precluded part of that uh, but he's ready with a full initiative to move forward to try to get it going this year so uh, a very brilliant brother so that was very good Got a chance to meet and talk with a uh, mentor of mine uh, in terms of a professor at Clark Atlanta University. Uh, Dr. Dennis Kimbrough wrote the book, uh, Think and Grow Rich, um, as well as several other books now, but that was one of his nominal books that he brought out um, about some mentorship, about moving forward, uh, putting together some book ideas and things of that nature. He's actually writing on another book as he continues to move forward for us, very sharp brother. Um, new president, Dr. Johnson, took over at Clark Atlanta. Got to see some of that information. Didn't get a chance to meet with him, uh, but supposed to make sure some of those things happen a little later. His schedule was very busy, as you can imagine. His first week in the office taken uh, at Clark Atlanta University, so that was significant and important. I got to meet uh, with another professor at the University of Georgia, on another project we're looking at, uh, just got confirmation that a book is coming out, The Athletics Experience of uh, HBCU, at HBCUs, uh, with uh, co-edited by Dr. Billy Hawkins, which is a professor I was talking there, working on some other projects. Um, Dr. Joseph Cooper did an interview with him on our summer session, Dr. In- uh, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab as well as a, a fourth author, including myself, uh, Dr. Akila Carter. So we're really excited about that project. Just got an email literally today uh, that they sent that book to the printers. 
So it'll be back to us in about a month and on the marketplace. Uh, Pre-orders are taken now. Uh, has a lot of great information, particularly those that look at, for search of history of HBCUs and even more so looking at the experiences of those athletes that part taking in HBCU sports over the years. So it was a lot going on in Atlanta. Got to see a baseball game. I got to get a chance to relax. So saw the Atlanta Braves uh, in their third and final game, which means they actually took two out of three from the Nationals. So that was interesting to see uh, Nationals as they're playing some good baseball. But Atlanta got finally got a little payback as they were getting crushed the last uh, couple of series in the last couple of years, if you will. So that was intriguing. Um, so Atlanta is moving forward as they're building the baseball facility, building the football facility. So a lot going on in Atlanta. People are excited and happy over there. But to be honest, it's good to be back in Houston, Texas. Thank you, Doc, and congrats on everything. Gentlemen. Yep. I'm going to just read this latest tweet, tweet, and go from there. All right. <laughs> we good. So far, Clippers able to keep everyone else out of house, including Cuban agents. Everyone. They're in four corners until midnight Eastern. Four corners? So they are not letting anyone in the house and not letting anyone out of the house. We're talking about grown-ass men here. <laughs> well, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, and you, you all day today, <laughs> while I was busy working hard at my desk in front of my two computer monitors, got on Twitter that... Uh, and I'm going to say this first because it's, it's important. Texas A&M Aggie, DeAndre Jordan. Wow. Yes, one rock thrown. Yep. <clears throat> wow. Apparently had cold feet about his verbal commitment to, he made to the cold feet. The Mavericks on Friday that he was going to sign with the Mavs, four years, $80 million contract. So He's ducking his toes in the cold bucket of ice water. Two days later or so, he... Apparently got in touch with Doc Rivers and uh, who called who? That, that, he called. Apparently he called. He reached out to Doc. It wasn't the Clippers reached out to him. He reached out to uh, the Clippers. And oh, really? And said that he was having second thoughts. He was torn between rather torn be- between going to the Mavs or resigning with the Clippers for a five-year, roughly one hundred twenty-eight million dollar contract with the Clippers. So, with that as the backdrop. DeAndre having second thoughts, apparently, but keeping his verbal commitment to the Mavericks. The Clippers, Doc Rivers, owner Steve Ballmer, players Blake Griffin, J.J. Redick. Especially J.J. Redick. Who's from Austin. He on this drive down because I wouldn't wouldn't cover him. Chris Paul. And at some point when it's official, Paul Pierce, because he really ain't a Clipper, but Pete gave his verbal. So if he keeps his word, he's a Clipper. Whereas some people cannot keep their word, apparently. Uh, <laughs> flew on planes, drove on cars, swam, took the bus, whatever. Any method of transportation necessary to get to DeAndre Jordan's house to talk to DeAndre and convince him to tell the Mavericks, I'm sorry, but I'm going to remain a Clipper. And 
the Clippers went, they did an end around. They didn't go through DeAndre's representatives, his agents, or the agency. They're going straight to DeAndre himself. So that may ruffle a few feathers as well. Because later, after the initial word got out, it began getting out that his representatives, DeAndre's representatives, were the ones really pushing him to sign with the Mavericks. And that DeAndre didn't really want to go to the Mavs. He wanted to stay with the Clippers. Keep in mind, a few days ago, when it was announced that he was going to the, the Mavericks, it seemed to reaffirm some of the news reports that uh, Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan did not get along in, while they were with the Clippers. And that's one of the reasons why DeAndre was turning down more money from L.A. to go to Dallas. Hmm. Keep in mind, Chris Paul left his vacation spot with LeBron and Melo and and somebody else. Who was it? LeBron, Melo, Chris Paul, somebody else. Carmelo. D-Wade. D-Wade, yeah. Were uh, sunshining, getting tans. On a banana boat? On a banana boat. Him and LeBron. <laughs> you know, uh, so Chris Paul left them to fly to Houston with the rest of the crew to go to DeAndre's house and basically lock him in the house to keep Mark Cuban and Taylor Parsons from getting in the house to talk to DeAndre face-to-face, which DeAndre apparently agreed to that he would speak with the Mavs after speaking with the Clippers. Which, I'm not sure why, why Mark Cuban would believe DeAndre Jordan's word if he said he's going to talk to, give the Mavs a second chance to talk, third chance really, if he already went on, back on his word once to the Mavs. Why would he believe that? So anyway... That's where the world of NBA Twitter is right now. We're waiting for DeAndre to sign a contract with somebody. We're not sure who that's going to be. It's either going to be Dallas or the Clippers. But if the Mavs can't get into the house, then unless they fax him the forms to his personal fax machine in the house, and then, he goes, PDA work. And then he goes and does something, and they fax it, send it to him on his phone. You can do that. You can do yeah, the electronic signature. Yeah, you know he he can, he can go to the bathroom and bring his phone in there and get the mass contract and send it back like that. He can do it that way. So, and Mark Cuban has enterprising high high tech sources. Oh yeah, so he can do some things. So that's where we are. Now keep in mind, it is not uh against. It's not against the rules. That's what I was okay. That's what the Clippers are doing. It is not against the rules what DeAndre is doing, going back on his word, because it's been done before. Carlos Boozer, Ido Turkoglu, uh, some folks said on Twitter, Chris Bosch gave the word to the Rockets last year. He went back to the Heat. So, you know, <coughs> so until you it's sign word, on the dotted line. It's a word missing. Leverage. Was it, is it, can it be used in this, in this vernacular? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe so because at least we hope, we, we hope, we all knew that if the way the NBA salary cap is structured, free agents get, are eligible to receive more money from their current team than they, and higher increases in salary, annual increase in salary if they re-sign with their current team rather than go to a new team. So, we all knew he'd get more money by staying with the Clippers. And they can offer the, a fifth year, an extra year, than he could with a new team. Mavs don't offer him a four-year deal. Clippers can offer a five-year deal. 
So if he was having second thoughts before he gave his verbal to the Clippers, to the Mavericks a few days ago, he should have said, I'm not ready to make a decision. He should have told his agents, y'all work for me. I'm not ready to make a decision. So let me make, I'll make my own decision. And it may, it may take me a day, a week. But until I'm comfortable making my decision, we're going to stay right here. No press releases, none of this news. I'm the one in, this is my life. Let me make a decision. That's what he should have done. Instead of letting other folks, him, whoever, him, his people, whatever, say he's going to the mass at Cuban. Cuban got fined 25 grand for celebrating and putting out there that we got him. Down, he's going to be a, a maverick. So I want to leave. But, but he also is going to take that fine back now if he goes back to the Clippers since he got fined for nothing. But anyway, I know not going to do that. But so he also said something else too now. What is that? They're doing what, making the signing that they did, that would keep them from tanking. He said that, that yeah. He said that he, they don't get a big time free agent. He mentioned that, that word, that one word that everybody is afraid to mention publicly during the season. Tanking. He didn't want to go. He didn't want to just drop all the way back to the bottom to build back up. He didn't want to do that anymore. So I, I go back to the word that I mentioned earlier. Did somebody at some point think about in their mind the word leverage? But what leverage are you talking about? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if the if the if there's a great deal of leverage here because the money is so. Obvious in terms of what it is. Five years. 128. 128. But if you had nothing or you was, uh, somebody was dragging our feet, you had to put something together. Well, that's what my point is. They, the Clippers had pretty much already put on the table what they were going to offer. Um, so it's not like he, they leveraged the fact that they were going to give him more. They can't. They That's what they were going to give him. So there's no leverage there. It's not like he put him... So it was, it was five years max deal. That's what it was before yeah. the seller kept numbers. So no numbers were, were mentioned other than the five year max deal. Right. You didn't know what the numbers were, which, okay. is, which is another point yeah. that the so, NBA and the moratorium. So, so I don't see the leverage really working out in this situation. Now, I will say this, though. Uh, I can understand why some people would get on this and, and say the indecisiveness. It's not the first time the athletes have been indecisive as Chris did enumerate on that. I mean, you have done with people like Johnny Mazzell, Brent, Brett Favre, and even some coaches have done this, GMs to some of the cases. And the fallout gets a lot of hullabaloo, if you would, because people say words mean an, something. An but Aggie reference. Hullabaloo, connect, connect. Yes. <laughs> you have. Barry, he's talking I, about you, Barry. I did that on purpose. With that framework, um, how much word is it for organizations and teams of how they treated athletes over the year? How, what is their word really worth? Um, they do what they want to do. But I think when you had you jump suppose it's against the opposite when you look at people like West. Exactly. Turning down twelve million what fourteen, I'm it, sorry. It was it was about twelve point six for one by yeah, one and a half. So one and a half essentially negating ten million dollars. At some point, it's just a personal decision. We see this uh, with, and people will say, well, it's an age difference when you see it with young athletes signing uh, a verbaling to a school that they're going to sign with for college football, which is the big 
framework that people look at and get excited about and then you wait to sign a day and you have people change their minds but you're saying now hey these are professionals older folks so they should know that but this is a huge decision but i also think in a lot of ways as you stop started to point out that there's a big point in here where you need to look at these agents and how much of these agents controlling individuals and steering them in certain directions and uh, what are they getting out of it and why would they do that and how important should we look a little closer about what's going on with agents uh, to have players to be this indecisive and they signing people up for deals and you find out later what's going on. I mean, obviously this ultimate was LeBron James season decision, but a lot of the input therapy was suggesting that a huge part of that was a push by his agent that personally wanted to quote unquote, make up for the fact that he went to Miami to bring him back. And so I think this happens a lot more than we like to admit. And when you're dealing with individuals, you're going to have some individuals that have huge decisions. In a lot of ways, this is a life-changing decision. It is. It is. And so during this moratorium period, that's what it actually is. Uh, It's a chance you make a decision. Until you sign on, that's what you sign on. We just have the issue with um, Pierre Paul and... We probably can get a little deeper in the conversation and, and the fact and, that he lost we will. A, you know, his finger, essentially, his index finger, sounds like, and the fact that he had an offer on the table and people are questioning whether they're going to rescind this tendering offer. Let's touch on that right now. Uh, I'm not done with DeAndre, DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan. Oh, okay. that's, good. that's going to be a continuing story, at least until what time? Uh, uh, 11.01 Houston time, p.m. 11.01 tonight. tonight. Yes. Okay. Yes, 11.01 is, is 12.01 Eastern time, but... We're well, in supposedly, the time, he can though. take so, it out. So, 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 so I'm going to ask this question, then we move on. That's make it officially sign. Okay. He can, he can hold out longer, right? Oh, yeah. But he can sign when he wants to. When he's ready to sign, he can right. sign. Yeah. But, but the only way it can be made public is after number one. That he signed? Yeah. Well, that's when he can sign. So if he signs, he can sign. Now, this, the you know first where I'm going he can with this. You know, you, know, you know where I'm going with this. But it won't nothing to be made public until he signs. Right. And even if it's announced that he signed, folks have already said, I want to see it. A picture of the contract <laughs> and a signature on the bottom line. Okay, now, on Instagram. Because I just wanted to know if you, know, if you decide want, you want to sign it and just sign it now. You know, we're, while we still on the, uh, while we still doing this, and, and we get a tweet now that says he's got a signature. Somebody's got a signature with his his name and his, his yeah, photo and all. And he's got everybody gonna say I want proof. Yeah. You know, I'm good with it, but I agree. <laughs> yeah, Clippers, Twitter world is going yeah, crazy. Yeah, I want like, proof. Hey, yeah, show me something Twitter down here attachment or like yeah. you said on Instagram. Yeah. Okay, Snapchat, something. New York Giants defensive end Jason Pierre-Paul had his right index finger amputated Wednesday. Wow. Sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter. Medical records show the procedure took place Wednesday afternoon. One source characterized the timeline for Pierre-Paul's return as being, quote, sooner than people think, end quote, and said he, he still is expected to play this season. Pierre Paul discussed his options with his medical team and family members. Notice not not the Giants, his medical team and family members, and decided that the amputation was the best decision for his health and his career going forward. Pierre Paul suffered injuries to both of his hands in an accident involving fireworks last weekend in South Florida. Sources told ESPN.com on Sunday. Pierre Paul is technically not under contract with the Giants as he has not yet signed his one-year franchise tender. The deadline for franchise players to agree to long-term contracts is next Wednesday, July 15th. 
if a deal cannot be reached by that date, Pierre Paul would have to play under his $14.8 million tender unless the Giants decide to withdraw it. Wow. How can you be amongst, amongst family and friends drinking? Uh, Inebriated and make a mistake, a career mistake like that. Easy. It happens all the time. Had a man die. Yeah. Same weekend with shooting fire work off his head. Say you he know. blew his head off, literally. I think it, it happens a lot more. I mean, you're gonna have. But it's, it, it's I understand general public because we, we read about it every day. Though. We but act like athletes yeah, because they they're, have they're money. People. They're people. They're people. They're people. They're individuals. They, they make dumb decisions life. like everybody. Yeah, they want to enjoy life, and they take risks. Um, and obviously, if he thought twice about it, he wouldn't have did it. In, in in a lot of ways, I'm sure it was an accident. And athletes, in part, in, in addition to being obviously human, athletes believe they're invincible. It won't happen to me. You know, yeah. we've seen all kinds of past, which is present. in a lot of ways, athletes are just what they are. They're young individuals. Who are the most individuals that we warn the, the most about? Are young people, because at that part of your life. You think you're invincible. It's the same reason people don't eat very healthy, generally speaking. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because what? You think you're invincible. And oftentimes, unfortunately, they catch you later as you get a little older. You Hopefully, a lot of us change. And even when we're older, some of us can't kick the habit of eating as healthy as we probably should be. It's, it's a factor of life. Now, obviously, it's a big deal because it's a lot of money. And it's a professional. We talk about it. That's why we're on... The podcast now, but to really break it down to its simpler form, it's a young person making a critical mistake, and because of where he is in terms of the limelight, it's going to be talked about, and people are going to suggest that he shouldn't make those mistakes. But it's just not realistic. It's too late now. You know, we just could, like we were we talking about DeAndre so. Jordan in a lot of ways, we could go to the other DeAndre, DeAndre Johnson. I'm sure at some point we'll get on that, we, we, and we will. But Wildcat. Young people making. Yeah. Young people. Tampa Bay Buccaneers cornerback C.J. Wilson injured his hand during a fireworks accident last weekend. Agent Joel Turner confirmed TSPN. Turner declined to to discuss specifics of the injury and referred all questions about Wilson's situation to the Buccaneers. But a team source told ESPN NFL insider Ed Werder that the injury was, quote, significant, end quote. How significant? The Lincoln Times News in Wilson's hometown of Lincolnton, North Carolina, reported that Wilson lost two fingers in the incident. Damn. So I think the bigger question you have on thing is, you know, how much more can the general public be informed in terms of the hazard of, of fireworks and how can you get people to understand that serious injuries can happen based on fireworks. But and how many people are now gonna not necessarily let their children but every year in fireworks. Yeah, before, I mean you hear no, it yeah, every, every year, year before the fourth of July, there yeah. are warnings about the yeah. dangers of fireworks. Yeah. Leave it to the experts, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And folks it ain't gonna happen to me. Those folks know what they're talking about. Yeah. I know what I've been doing shooting fireworks all my life. Like I said, I just had a son and actually uh didn't participate in the fireworks for many different reasons uh, on July 4th. But uh, my my nephew and his brother-in-law 
they were in the backyard doing the fireworks. My wife was watching. Um, but now with this, I was already concerned about it. But I know now if we want to see fireworks. We're going to go to the firework display in terms of what the city <laughs> or county is doing. I got you. I got you. I think you. in terms of cost, uh, one way to look at it and just obviously safety, not from that. Right. But I think the second part of this, when we look at the business side of this, uh, will you see football teams, basketball teams, and really any uh, contractual agreement with people of this level, will they start putting these clauses in contracts? I mean, you've seen it when these folks, they wanted to go hunting to some degree. You definitely see it with skiing and things of that nature. But now, uh, dealing with fireworks, will that be added to contractual agreements, uh, warning players uh, that if they're caught participating in this and gaining injuries, that it will void contracts or part of the signing bonus and things of that nature. And as someone that uh, was in the business, you know, one of those stands and all, Years ago, um, I got out of it for different reasons. One, it was too much of a headache uh, trying to keep your business safe. Not selling off to anybody, but basically just keeping the business safe. And I just got tired of that uh, on, the high, uh, on the business side of it and just got out. Kind of glad I did. Uh, thank God, uh, while on my watch, nothing happened in the area that I was selling, but... Uh, now it's it's a different world, you know. Everybody's got their own reasons for for a lot of things. Well, but uh, a part about what you're saying is just like the world is coming through. You know, people want stuff bigger, faster, yeah, stronger. So, in a lot of ways, I'm sure, just in terms of fireworks, that they've become bigger, stronger, faster, which means yeah, they're going to give you brighter, terrific scenes in terms of the firework display, but that's all means that they become more dangerous as well. So I think that's a part of this too. Well, next topic. That was a downer. We're not done here. I know we're not, but. Especially you, going in the down road. You had a lot of tough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Things going Here's on. a doctor, uh, Dr. David Chow, MD. If index finger amputation is JPP's only injury, uh, it will have full recovery and play. Worry is what else injured last rarely contained. Medical fact, index finger is least important for power grip. If this is his only injury, he will do fine in the NFL. This is the doctor's tweets. If a medical provider leaked JPP's medical information, that's a big HIPAA violation. Media like Adam Schefter are not subject to those laws. So keep that in mind for those folks crying about HIPAA, you know, and Schefter writing about it. The worry on JPP is what injuries his thumb suffered as well. That's a good point. But HIPAA laws targeted at initial leak of info is for pertains to healthcare workers, hospitals, insurance companies, not at media or others that repeat that information. So we're not done with that. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, but it's any number of people in that hospital that could have leaked that. Oh, yes. Uh, not Unless they faxed it, uh, it's going to be difficult but, but, to find out. But somebody will, though, because it, it always, somebody always does. I mean, it had, what, it, find it, out? Yeah. You mean in terms of 
the HIPAA violation. Right. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it would be a little more difficult for to find out who leaked it. Oh, now, as far as find out who leaked it. it right. Yeah. It, it would and be that's hard. why it gets leaked because people feel that there's so many people that can uh, obtain this information that they can do it and send it out. But let's talk about another side of the moratorium. Any ideas for solutions to avoid this in the future? Like why, let me just say this, this evening the NBA announced the salary cap for the 2015-2016 season. You can go to my Houston Round Bar View Men's Who's blog and read the uh, short post about the increase in the salary cap to 70 million dollars which is an 11 percent increase from the previous season the tax level for the 2015-16 season increased by 10.3 percent to 84.74 million dollars which means teams with salary cap above that wow. start beginning paying the taxes on it but here you go wildcat the salary cap and tax level go into effect at 11.01 p.m central time on wednesday july 8th when the league's moratorium period ends and teams can begin signing free agents and making trades. The minimum team salary, which is set at 90% of the salary cap, so that's the floor, is $63 million. The current collective bargaining agreement provides for three different mid-level exceptions depending on a team salary level. I won't get into all that, but you can go to the Houston Round Bar View Men's Who's blog and, and read the, the rest of the post. So the salary cap increased to $70 million, which will impact the uh, max salaries that Guys like Kawhi Leonard, who agreed to still the Spurs, his deal, Max deals five years, $93.5 million. And uh, different guys like uh, Reggie Jackson signing with the Pistons, we signed with the Pistons, five years, $80 million. And some folks just criticizing the Pistons for, for giving that much money based on a short sample size. It's short sample size. My retort to that, hey, I'm a Pistons fan, so I'll take that to heart personally, blast some team without facts. But um, Oklahoma City offered him $48 million over four years to come off the bench to play behind Russell Westbrook. Interesting. Okay? Interesting. That's one shot fired back to those folks right there. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Because I'm going to tell you. In his short sample size with the Pistons, he averaged 19-9-5. and five. Well, you're coming off the bench. It's not many folks average 1995, 1995 in the NBA. That's, that's, that, that, that's true. So I'm that's just saying that as well. Very good point. That's true. But. But haters going to hate. As we all say in Detroit. Might as well get paid. Pistons, exactly. Might as well get Detroit paid. versus everybody. Once again, Detroit versus everybody. You know, you know, whatever. But anyhow, the moratorium. Why can't, because technically, technically, the NBA says teams and players and free agents cannot, should not, cannot agree to any deals before the moratorium ends. Really? That's what they, that's really? what they say, yes. And the fine is only 25000 But you know, as you, anyone who was on Twitter July 1st, and all, the deal, all the deals who are verbal and agreed to, and Twitter was ablaze. With all kinds of agreements and contracts and money being tossed around. That was great publicity for the NBA. There's great, great attention for the NBA. So for the NBA to have little, well, you know, you're not supposed to do this, really. 
But in behind closed doors, this is great for us. Man. This is outstanding. Yeah, you even had NFL players crying about, how come we don't get this kind of money in the NFL? You know. What kind of that? You know what that tells me? You you screaming, but you've done your own self and in. You've been your own worst enemy. Bl- yeah, blame your blame the union. You have a horrible union that cow downs to the ownership and the commissioner of this league. Am I am I wrong? Uh, absolutely. Because you could have done and better than what you've gotten, but you've decided I'm going to work. I'm collecting my check and who, be damned. Who who agreed to let Roger Goodell be the judge, jury, and executioner? Union, the, the team, the union. The okay, so once again, don't go crying anybody else when y'all are once agreed to all this stuff. And you have no way of correcting anything at this point because the next CBA is when for for the NFL. Take a strike, but no, I'm talking about that that, that the owners will say we'll, we'll let you all. Well, the problem is, is that they're just not strong enough to make a stance. Whether it's through a strike or whether it's Utah about the next CBA uh, agreement when it opens up, but I'm saying it doesn't matter if they had that type of vitriol and that type of substance in terms of standing for what they believe is right, and they can make the stance at any time because literally you can strike at any time. Well, and they won't right the now. They got no stones to do that. Right, but that's the same reason why even if the CBA opens up, it doesn't matter. That's the point I'm making. Doesn't matter if you don't stand for what you are going to do to get better because treatment. The NFL also it's had not happen. they had the uh, the scab players. Union has been broken what twice when you had the NFL go to the replacement players. Yes, and then the players you know playing those games that some folks say didn't count. But my team, the Washington NFL franchise, we'll get into that in just a second. The Washington NFL franchise. <laughs> went undefeated. He's talking about the ruling. Yeah, the trade. Oh yeah, because the they still on the field. They had players who uh, practiced and played and, and crossed the line, the picket line, before anybody else. And they so the union is not. It ain't the baseball union. No. Oh no. no. Oh no. There. Nobody will ever be that good. No. Nobody's ever that. that no. Nobody else will ever be that smart again. The NBA union right. is, is. I mean, literally, is, they, they, is getting better. But but it ain't the baseball union. It ain't the baseball union. Folks, we're talking about a situation where if you may not like what you see out there on the field, but trust me, they can take care on a daily basis. Yes. They don't have issues like the other two unions do. Hockey. Hockey as well. Hockey has a union. But are they baseball? Do they they say the world, but you only said two unions, other two unions. So it's NFL, NBA, NHL. Thank you for that correction. But right now, I'm like I'm like the everyday guy. Your point that, is you're making is that it's, it's, it's three, it's, it's three, it's, it's, it's three sports. Baseball and everybody else. Yeah, that, that's it. That's it. And they are to be commended. Um, I can't even think the gentleman's name now uh, that, that set all this up. Um, gosh, but Marvin he, Miller. Right, thank you, Marvin Miller. Mar- thank you, but. In order to get what they have, you got to have somebody that says, okay, when we do this, when we sit down and go to strike, ain't nobody going to work, ain't nobody leaving the house, ain't nobody getting together and all having pickup games or whatever. You just go about your day-to-day, and I'm going to do the talking for everybody, and nobody else going to open up their mouth to the media or anybody else. 
Everybody got that understood. And one of the players who helped baseball become so a strong union is whom? Kurt Flood. There you go. And his name doesn't come up a lot, and it should. Because without him and Marvin Miller, they wouldn't have what they have right now. On no level. They get taken care of. Before today's indecision by Mr. DeAndre Jordan. Is that what you're calling it now? I'm not all. Many folks called it, called it the indecision. But the National <laughs> Basketball Players Association a few days ago proposed to use millions of dollars of its share of the NBA's impending TV revenue windfall to cover health care insurance costs for its former players. The plan is estimated to cost between $10 million to $15 million a year, and a vote on passage of the union's initiative is set for the NBPA's July 20 membership meeting in Las Vegas. The union's 30-team player representatives are expected to pass the plan with ease and start the process of covering the retired players quickly, league sources said. The NBPA has been researching the names and addresses of the approximate 1,500 living ex-players and hoping to offer three separate health care options to them. Stories of destitute ex-players needing basic medical care, including the inability to afford the likes of knee and hip replacements, moved Executive Director Michelle Roberts, Director of Player Relations Roger Mason, and the NBPA's Executive Committee to probe the idea with the league's players. Several players told Yahoo Sports that they are enthusiastic over the idea. Thoughts? Uh, not much thoughts on that. that is, I think it's a lot of ribbly goop. <laughs> That's why I said not many thoughts. <laughs> I, on literally. It's just. It's pablum. Stuff you throw up on. I know I know what pablum is, man. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an educated product of yeah. HISD. Yeah. And yeah. Speaking, graduate. I'm glad you mentioned HISD. Young man from Wall Trip, you, you, I know you got my message. I knew about a week ago. I never, I didn't, I stopped by watch, watching basketball after I left. Well, not after I left because he won the championship, but you know, good luck to him. You know, it's, hey, the guy doing okay. He's, but I, I find it interesting. Do you know his name? Uh, Mr. Livingston. Young Mr. Livingston. That's how you uh, refer to him. Basically, because playground kid, you know, he looked, at, he, he followed a dream. Worked on it and actually got a shot. I think that's commendable. And he's also talking about Denzel Livingston. Yeah. Can't forget the first name, Denzel. Denzel. And also. Young Denzel. Denzel hey. Livingston, as you would say. Hey. Yeah. Cougar. Aubrey Coleman. So Ace Town represented all up and down the Rockets roster. Got a U of H Cougar. Some folks will say legend, but he just a chucker. You know. <laughs> Wow, he was he was a hell of a scorer though in his time. Oh, but, you hey, know, but he worked hard while he was there. Good luck to both of them in the Rocket Summer League. So you know, it's all about making money. Yeah, it's and getting your shot. Your family, getting it's your about shot, getting so. it's about getting your shot. It's about getting your shot. And I'm hoping. I sent a uh, an email to a relative, and I hope he got that and understood that. So yeah, but uh, this is to the point. Back to Mr. Jordan, real quick. He won't even take calls from Mark Cuban or Chandler Parsons now. <clears throat> scared. So. Scared. Because he, he. Well, see. I don't think he's scared. I think he 
Uh, in the city? No, <laughs> he's pretty much decided that he's going back to the Clippers, and he knows he's already a person that goes back and forth based on probably the last whim of somebody. So he knows if he talks to him, it's one of two things. He's going to have to deal with the fact that he gave his word, essentially, and he's let the Maverick down, owner, particularly Cuban. And so he doesn't want to face that, one issue. And two, there's the fact that Cuban talked to him once into making a deal. There's a likelihood that he can have him change his mind again, which means he's going to even look sillier, as Chris alludes to, as if he goes back and says, well, maybe I do want to be with the Mavericks. So let me uh, go back on the fact that I look like I'm going back to the Clippers. Now I'm going to the Mavericks. So it's easy now just to ignore the phone calls and deal with the repercussion of folks saying that you went back on your word. So it's amazing. So this story will get um, uglier by the day, and he'll have to live with this for a while. Um, as um, people will write about his indecision, appropriately as his name. And obviously when he goes play the Mavericks, it's going to get really ugly. Uh, no telling what they're going to do with the hack. A Jordan, if you want to call it, if you would. and It could get quite ugly in that arena. Clippers Mavericks should be on TV, national TV, all four times. <clears throat> Excuse me. ABC. Especially the two games in Dallas. 2.30. Sunday afternoon. <laughs> you looking for a prime time shot like that? Hell, put it on TNT Thursdays. Thursday. Yeah, it has to be on TV. Let, it, let, put it let, on prime time, the better. let Chuck and Shaq and Kenny talk about, oh, my goodness. Wow. Oh, now, now, now we're talking, now, now. Now you're talking about three guys that's going to really have something to say. And Chucky will have plenty. They're going to say the same thing everybody say. Ain't gonna be no difference. They just gonna dig in. They just happen to be one of the louder people that's gonna say it. But it's not. Think about it. What else really new can be said? Don't know yet. <laughs> Don't know yet. But Definitely. a few things, really. Can the NBA keep this from happening in the future? No. Other than. Moving away from the moratorium, which is highly unlikely, and in most cases not really necessary. And I'm not sure if this happens enough to move away from it. Uh, in a lot of ways, as you said, from the standpoint, it's not really physically hurting anybody. You know, negative news from the police blotter, if you would, framework. In a lot of ways, it's good for the NBA because now you're discussing NBA issues where a player is going to play, um, it might be in f- sad in, f- in terms of him verbaling somewhere and then going back to agree with it. But outside of that, it, the interest of the NBA is in a very good position right now. So I don't know if you want to go and go away with it anyway. And Jason Kidd also uh, did this to the Mavericks a few years ago. So it's happened to the Mavericks. It happens – it's getting to the point, though. It's interesting where many people thought that Cuban is a great owner in regards to what he does for his players. But he's been shot down the last three or four years on some big-time free agents. What is this starting to say about him? And I wonder about him being out front and some of the frameworks he had on the decision in regards to the Clippers owner. I wonder if that's in any part of this uh, a framework where people are not really excited about playing with the Mavericks. Um, 
They have a great fan base. Uh, we know they're financially in a great position. The way he treats players in terms of all the assets you have for a team, we know this there. So what is it that people don't want to play for the Mavericks? It's, I'm They've won a championship <laughs> recently. And, uh, and, and now it's DeAndre Jordan who doesn't want to play with for the Mavericks. No, but over no, the last couple of years, he's but, went to uh, but, free know, agents and he's brought him in and he hasn't convinced them. This is the one where he convinced I, I think folks came back. don't like his meddling. I think they don't like him being, you know, the perception of, of, of him being in the, their business too much. You know, and some players, this is just me t- saying out loud, don't want to party with their owner. I don't want to be out with my owner. I don't want him taking pictures of me hanging out with him in the club. Oh, you know, no. Huh. Oh, you know, no. I don't. Oh, no, no, no. Not where I collect a check from? No. I don't want to be hanging out with you. Yeah, I don't. At all. You know, I don't. You know, some <laughs> Ooh, folks like that. No, no. Some folks are cool with that. I ain't cool with that. I don't want you to know what I am all the time. That ain't, that ain't your job. Maybe, maybe that's it. All right. Let me know on 1st or 15th how much you love me. That's good enough for me. Oh, uh, if it's once a month, just just, just check clear. Once That's all month, I want to do. I direct, want to check clear. Direct That's deposit. All. I get a buzz on my phone. Hey, money's in there. We good. Yeah. That's all I need to know. Uh, Pass by and say, great points. Hey, I just think it's becoming interesting you know, it, that he can't get it done. It's possible that 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 could be part of it. You know, that, that, that's it has a good to be point. something. It has so to I, be something to it. So yeah. Now, do they with with that being with losing Jordan? Because it's pretty much this almost set in stone. Into, it seems like it is. Yes. No playoffs this year for the Mavericks. Yeah, he just said that. You, you said they going they gonna probably tank. tank. Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying this, they're not gonna tank. They'll be bad. bad. That's they, what I'm saying. They, they don't I'm have saying to tank. They're gonna the be reason bad. He yeah. would even say they would tank. He knew they would be bad anyway. You don't tank unless you know that you're gonna be bad, which puts but, you in a position. To which tank. is roster. So the, we know with, by with the roster that they have even right he's now. Because they're they gonna be bad. Because even Jeremy Land is is starting to. Say that he's headed off to uh, going to Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte. Uh, now you have no structure whatsoever. Jason Terry is a free agent. Here. I mean, the Mavericks we'll and some bad. and some owners or GMs are leery that if DeAndre does sign the Clippers, that the Mavericks have newfound cap room and they'll make a push and do to other teams what the Clippers did to them. So you know. That's possible. Yeah. I don't believe. I don't believe it's going to happen though. But the, the problem with that is most of the folks are going to sign by the time they see, have a chance to do it. So. See, that's why another former uh, NBA general manager, who was a new great find on Twitter, suggested that all the G- all the teams need to fax, email, whatever their contracts to the free agents at twelve oh one Eastern, eleven oh one Central. Get them signed before Dallas has a chance to react. Because we know Mark Cuban and Chandler Parsons are here in town at DeAndre's house, locked outside, can't get inside. <laughs> so they don't they're not able to fly somewhere is else. That chimney? He's is, paint, that, is that a chimney? He's painting a picture. Is, is that a chimney? And can you imagine Is that a chimney? Them in the car. Is that a chimney? Uh, at the gate. Possibly. Because as long as nobody don't start a fire, that's an open spot now. Do you call the police <laughs> on them? They may not come. Because you, the police may not show up. They may no, not. If you show call up. the police, they gonna show up. Because you don't have to say who's at your gate. You just gonna say, "I have some strangers at my gate." They won't go away. 
So, you know, it's... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Because I, knowing what I know about, about alarms, you know, it's... It, well, the alarm won't go off unless they try to break in. Well, yeah. We can assume that they're not going to break, break in. in. right. But we know, as, at least as Chris is painting it, that they are at the gate. But they, if, it, if it's the wrong person or the right person, police, they'll show up. They'll ask a couple of questions. Are they going to tell them to go home? They're not going to tell Mark to go home? They may not tell but, Mark but, to go home. But come on now, let's be real. I'm, I'm listening. I'm Mark gonna, Cuban doesn't look like one of us. And and that's my so, point right so there. nothing going to happen to him. Oh, okay. And everybody knows who he is and knows what he looks like. Now, if that was Mike, <laughs> Magic, or somebody like that, yep. then uh, so officers might say, have a problem and say... They might, ask Mike a, they might ask Mike to actually sign an autograph. But Magic, they might not re- recognize him because... Post, well, depending they just got to make sure they don't post it on Instagram so they won't get fired. Yeah, depending on who, who the officer is, you know, he could just be a tall one of us. Yeah. <laughs> and instead, I not, here not care who beating he on is, the, beating on the gate too. Who you were back in the day? Right now, you just a tall one of y'all. Yeah, I don't like none of y'all. So whatever, you make more money than me. Whatever. Yep. My wife loves you. I hate you. You gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta whatever. go. Yeah. But strange world we live in. Hey. That kind of brings us to this. Uh, so let's talk about the mascot and trademark, the Washington NFL franchise. Emma's still on the field as of today. The logo, yeah. The judge Not upholds the NBA logo, but the NFL logo. Yeah. The judge upholds ruling against trademark of the NFL franchise from Washington team to appeal for the first time in a legal battle that has stretched over 20 years. A federal judge ordered the cancellation of the Washington NFL franchise nickname trademark registration ruling that the team name may be disparaging to Native Americans. The ruling does not bar the team from using that name if it wishes. The team could even still sue for trademark infringement, but winning such a case could prove more complex without the legal protections that come with a federally registered trademark. How much money do they lose? Because that's what it's going to boil down to to make changes. Uh, they have. I'm talking about as of now that it's officially been. been but yeah, you been, have the chance to lose millions of dollars. Because now anybody can reproduce your logo and, and sell it. And sell it and make money. And make money. That's what. So at now. the end of the day, the only issue you would have to recourse is that or threaten people not to do is the fact you could sue. Well, now you can still sue, as they said. But the fact is that it becomes much more difficult for you can sue. So not only may you lose the case, but now the money that you're spending to sue, you're going to lose as well. So. Obviously, you're talking about losing millions of dollars. That's why teams change logos so they can make additional millions of dollars. In fact, there's been studies out there that suggest if they change the logo, they will make more money. So it's not about and the I money. said that in one of your podcasts that they'd make yes, more money with a new lo- new logo. And so I think it's just people being stubborn. And in a lot of ways, it's like the Jim Crow laws in the past, uh, what the issues we see with a lot of people trying to make uh, the reference to the Confederate flag saying that it's about history and honor. Obviously, we know, understand it's about history. We're suggesting that the history is not kind to people of color of African descent. Uh, when you look at Jim Crow laws, uh, slavery of in slave people of the times 
the prison population in regards to trumped up charges that were going on a lot of people. And so it, it, it's really ugly here. I think one of the quotes that I think is important that is actually in a lot of ways a statement made in regards to Allen's statement that suggests that uh, that they've been doing this for 80 years and somebody is going to convince that they were in the right to do this. Ray Halberter, Onedia Indian Nation representative uh, that's in charge of making the issues about changing the mascot, if you would, quote stated, if something happened decades ago was reason alone to continue doing it, then America would still have Jim Crow laws, Confederate flags would still be flying on the top of the state capitol. Bruce Allen's comments perfectly illustrate why the NFL has a crisis on its hands at a time when America is demanding an end to outdated symbols of bigotry. One of the league's teams insists on continuing to promote market and profit, profit off an offensive racist symbol. The NFL must have take action against an owner and his team which has clearly lost control of themselves to the point where they are going to the court to try to continue slurring people of color. End quote. Where is Roger Goodell? Nowhere to be seen or heard at this point. I'll ask you one more time. Where is Roger Goodell? In the White House came out a few days ago and basically said they need to change the nickname. Like I said, nowhere to be the seen. The world is changing. And you have the most popular professional sporting organization out there. And they're silent on this issue. And you have 31 other owners in a commission that are complicit in what is taking place here. What does that say about this organization? Give me my money. No, it's not about money. Really? Other than arrogance? It's not about money because we just said that they would actually make more money. So if it's truly about money, you would change it because you're going to make more money. So let's be careful about how quick we talk about the money issue. It's not about money. What is it? It's about doing what you want to do and thinking you're so big that you can push people around. And we've seen that with other catastrophes that they've done as of late. But at what point is this really going to hit them uh, to where they can't continue to move in this direction? And I just think in a lot of ways, uh, it's just sad from a standpoint where the commissioner is that. And right now, I don't even want to say his name because what does he really stand for? And crickets. 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 Let's see here. Wildcat. I'm listening. Doc. Yes. One of the Memphis Tigers' own Austin Nichols had a chance to be player of the year in the American Athletic Conference men's basketball this upcoming season. Uh-huh. Announced that he wants to transfer. Mm. Announced that Yesterday, the day coaches began going to the tournaments, AAU events, looking at talent to sign 
to recruit verbal, etc., for future seasons. And this young man says he wants to transfer. It's July. Memphis head coach Josh Pastner said, We are not going to grant his release. I'm listening. Other media outlets said that Coach Pastner is very upset at the timing of this issue. Thoughts? Is it because it's almost time for school to start? Coach could be looking for this kid to contribute this year. Did I? Did you hear what I said? You know? He was in line to be Player of the Year in the conference. So, this kid can play. Yes, that's yes. why he's upset. All this it other stuff, y'all can try to it, paint him around. Ain't, it ain't you like try to figure out your time. It ain't like I'm trying. It ain't like me. Want to transfer? <laughs> well, this kid. The first thing I would say is we said this earlier that this would happen. Now, Once you, you missed something. Like, you, you missed something the other week about Once the Power Five move, made their moves in terms of what they could do with the cost of living. Um, that this was going to happen. We said that at the very front of this. Yep. Uh, when we talked about the next five and all the Division ones, if you want to talk about mid major. In low major, we said this was going to happen. So that's the first framework, and we said that right here on this podcast. I said it. You all chimed in and agreed with it after we had great dialogue about it. First thing I will say. Second thing, I don't want to hear from Passioner. I know he's from this area, celebrating. Uh, actually tried to coach Prairie View. would have been interesting if he got that job. Uh, fortunate, for, fortunate for, yes, fortunate for him to some degree, it seems like, he continued to move forward, and he's landed a great job, making millions of dollars, I might add. The players don't make this. So I don't want to hear any coach tell me about what they believe is best for the players until they pay them. Second thing. Third thing I will say that is along those lines, the players need and should have even more freedom uh, to move around. He's already going to lose a year in regards to what's going on. If he goes to a Division One, school. If he goes to a Division One school and doesn't drop down, and we know the likelihood he is because he wants more television time. Uh, he wants the more. Well, we don't. Well, we assume all that. We don't know I'm the reason why he's, I'm he, assuming he wants to transfer. And yes. when it comes true, just said that I was in line and I was correct. If it doesn't, I'll come back on this podcast and say it. I was out of line. Right. But let's not be fooled. That's, that's, why, that's why we do this. But you said. We ain't scared. Right. You said correctly. Let me make sure I state it. I'm assuming. In a lot of framework that uh, he's going to have to sell a year because he's going to transfer to what used to be the BCS minus one conference. Now that we refer to as the Power Five conferences and his ability to have more television time, he believes it's going to give him more opportunities to take his skill to the professional level where he can be paid, which is a part of this, and the fact that he's going to get uh, more likely more money in regards to the rules that just were set aside that allowed them to get the cost of living associated uh, with playing at the Division One level. And so that's a part of this. So him being frustrated, Coach Passner, I really don't want to hear it, nor do I feel sorry for him. And a lot of, I know a lot of people are not going to like it, but I'm on the player's side. Uh, hopefully he's looking at this from a business perspective. And he's going to be in a position to where he can continue his education. Because at some point, I do truly believe that's important. But outside of that, 
I support him. Godspeed, and I hope he uh, makes a great decision on where he's going. And it works out for him. Wildcat? Now, my next question is, well, my next statement, rather. Not a question. Outside of the kid becoming being player of the year, apparently he's headed off to one of those schools that Power Five. Uh, you assume it's, it's one of the schools that is not on Coach Passner's list as far as where you can go. Well, no. <laughs> let's be let's be upfront that, that, with this. Read it, cause, no, cause, no. That, that, he can stop him from earning money in terms of a scholarship where he goes from some period of time. Okay. But he cannot stop him going any school. He can go to where he wants. He just has pay to pay for himself. Yeah, pay his way. Now, <clears throat> you just mentioned another thing. And he said he wasn't going to let him go, so he's not assigning him to be able to go to any school. Paying his way. Don't know what the financial situation is, but if he pays his way and he heads off to that particular school, and I'm staying with that because I've we've all heard it mentioned and, and have seen some situations where schools have decided to not release you to certain. You can go to certain places, but He's you can't go to certain. He's not going to release him. Period. Why are you well, trying to make it sound like Josh is going to be nice about this? He told because you. it can be appeal to the NC2A and to they be will. released. His dad has already said that he plans to go through an appeals process to seek a release. And you think the NCAA is going? Yeah, they're going. They're going to agree. They're going to let him. They're going. To, uh, they're going. They're going to force Memphis to cut loose the <laughs> No, they're free. not. <laughs> okay. It'll take until October or November or December. Doc, January. it will happen. They did because he's not John the Thomas. first kid that's done that. They did it with it, the Cougars, Tayson Thomas. It took until like September, October for him to get his release and went to Oklahoma. It'll happen. But school ended up releasing. It wasn't because the NCAA said the school had to release him. They don't have the power to do that. All they can say is that if he has a hardship, that they can allow the hardship to take place to make sure he get his year back. They can't force a school to release a kid. Here's, they don't have that power. Here's a quote from his dad. I hate it for Memphis. I hate it for the coaching staff. I hate it for the city because Austin is from Memphis. It's late in the year to be doing this. We know that. We're not happy about it. It's just something that happened, and we've got to move on with it. We've just got to move forward, end quote. That means they've got an in-school insight. They've got an in-school insight. No, it means something has happened to change to speed up a process that they, they had in mind. Something's happened. Like I said, they the, the family, kid, well, now has this, a school again, insight. Again, this is not professionally, so there's no tampering. All right, because I don't know. No, because I don't know it all. I don't. I don't know it all, Doc. That I don't know all that ins and outs. Oh, I understand. But, but no, but, I understand. But my I, point is, to just pay the players. Let's cut off all this. But I don't see that happening. And let's at, open but it up I see the other for players. collective bargaining agreement, and at, then you can wash all these issues you have. You're going to continue to have all these issues because you're operating professionally on one side and not on the other. But at the end of the day. Folks have got an in-school insight. Transfer is going to happen. As Chris <laughs> said, you're assuming. And when, it, when it happens this late, Doc, when it happens this late, somebody's got an well, insight. I agree with you, but I thought Chris made a point that we need to make sure that we say we're assuming this because we don't know this to be the fact. That's an in-school insight. Somebody that's been through the summer wars, yeah, that's an in-school Quote. insight. Quote. 
That'd the be school isn't going to release him. <clears throat> Excuse me. You. Pastor told ESPN Andy Katz on Tuesday night. We spoke with Austin in mid-June, and everything was fine. We named him captain after the season. We don't know what has changed. He's a potential player of the year in our league. He's been nothing but great the first two years we have had him. He's been terrific on the floor. Pastor said the president and the athletic director support the decision not to release him. He added that the staff hasn't heard from Nichols since he made his announcement. A source told ESPN that Baylor, Marquette, and Notre Dame were among the schools which called to check on Nichols' release, but the school wouldn't grant one. Baylor? Really? Marquette? Notre Dame? Those are two. Private school. I know you ain't surprised that Baylor made a call. Come on now. Are you saying it because? Are you saying it because or what? Come on, man! No, 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 Doc. He, he know where I'm going. <laughs> he said that because, and yeah, you know why I said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I would let that go. I would let that go because just, just because. Ain't no, just because anybody knows us knows we know what's going on at Baylor. <laughs> because see, now I'm laughing, like because, like I said, there's an in school insight, and nothing is wrong with it. Right? Okay. Right, but there's an in-school insight. Baylor, Baylor knows what they're doing. They get players there. Yeah. Some folks don't like how they get players right there, there, but they, but they get, get play players, players there. there. That's right. So especially folks in the Big 12. Yeah. Or so my question is, as we look on this and we finish this out, do you believe, and obviously we don't have any insight. Well, I don't. You may have because you've been on this circuit, and you're – really involved in a lot of ways about do you believe he's going the family is going to stand pat and deal what they had to do whether it means uh finding a way to pay for their own to go where they want to go i don't know if they have the the financial means they're gonna fight it yeah no oh, yeah two oh yeah they're gonna fight it two minutes oh, two minutes, yeah two minutes have been reversed two minutes situations like that have been reversed they hadn't been reversed well I, so far gone i mean i just want to make sure that we I understand where you're going because in the text of how it operates in the NCA, okay, school in most part has the power here because they have the ability to control the purse strings in terms of scholarships, whether it means releasing somebody or not releasing some, or as you presumed in a lot of ways, in a lot of cases, even when they release somebody, they only release them to certain schools or. More so in saying which schools they cannot come to. But the point I'm making is is that really all the parents or the child, young man, I should say, or young woman in some cases, um, can say, I'm moving on. You all set the penalty uh, in regards to what you want to do, not releasing me, and I'll still move forward, go to school, pay for my own way. And then there's a framework of whether the eligibility is there in that case moving forward. But as you say, trying to fight it, the news media in a lot of ways can make it become so negative that it comes to a position where the school says, all right, we're tired of all this negative publicity, so we're going to release this individual outright or release them to certain schools. That's often what happens, but it's not based on some guidelines by the NCA or somebody coming in and saying, Hey, you have to do that. 
Let's make it clear. The NCA doesn't have authority to do that to its member institutions. Shifting gears <clears throat> as we wrap it up. <clears throat> Quote. Give me time. Give me time. Give me, give me, a, what give, I give me a couple of days. Is what's happened to the girl that clearly hit DeAndre first. It's never right to hit a girl at all. But they have got to get some, some kind of consequence as well. Y'all keep letting females provoke guys in all ways, then walk free. End quote. Rule is, don't put your hands on no woman. As a football player, Florida, former Florida State football player. Rule is, don't Ronald put your hands Darby. on no woman. <clears throat> no, that's not a rule. That's an unwritten, been right. told so to, and been taught. So let, let's clear that <laughs> okay, up. Okay, all right. Again, that, people uh, think we're talking about that there's some law, legislative. It's not a rule. It is uh, an ethical and moral platform that we use. And remember, ethics. I'm glad you're here, Doc, because you kind of cleaned it up for me. individual yeah. for indiv individuals. So those morals over a period of time usually stand with the individual. But ethical issues, as we've seen talking about the mascot uh, of the Washington franchise, to some degree people would move this outside of the sporting paradigm, if you would. Uh, the moral dilemma a lot of people are talking about in terms of the Confederate flag coming down. Those are things that change over a period of time because morals in society change. Some people will say this even in terms of ultimately the decision in terms of LBGT uh, issues in regards to marriage ultimately came down to a moral dilemma in terms of society changing. That's an ethical framework. But I think it's dangerous in a lot of positions, when men particularly get on the mic and tell other men of how a woman is supposed to be treated. Because in a lot of ways, that's your masculinity suggesting a position for a woman. So in terms of women seeking equal rights, that goes across the boards in a lot of ways. That's going to be positive in some cases and negative in other cases. Um, but I would be more intrigued about uh, women talking about this issue in terms of what is the context about that. But I think it, it's self-indulgent in a lot of ways for men to get up here and say, it's an unwritten rule, you don't hit a woman or whatever, as if we are the women that get to, ch to dictate where a woman's position is in life. So in a lot of ways, I think that's a significant question on many different frameworks. I think we can be easy about this and we can placate to what the general public will say in regards to um, men should never hit a women. I would put out there if we really are talking about violence and we're serious about it, we should get out there in front of this and say people should not hit on each other. Period. Creating the gender difference again, is playing to the whims in a lot of ways of male egos, suggesting like that. And I think that's dangerous and why, in a lot of ways, you get in this position in the first place. Doc, I love my freedom. And one of those reasons is I don't put myself in that situation. And I best advice I always give is when it gets crazy, you get up and walk away. But the point I'm making, and I want to make this clear, I'm not suggesting that that you should hit a woman. My point is, if you're, what you're saying is true, it goes for anything. 
Why would you put yourself in a position to hit anybody? Because if you're hitting anybody, you're still going to jail. So again, why are we fascinated by the gender framework of what took place? The real discussion at the end of the day, particularly when we're talking about homicides, whether it's in Chicago with young men killing other young men, not to even put a color on it. What you're talking about is the framework in this country and now around the world in a lot of ways where people seek violence to deal with their issues. I just have, um, it's just my, it's just my makeup, right? It's just my makeup. So it's fine for, this would have been fine in your framework if it, if he hit a, a, a another dude. When you're a public figure, no, answer the question. You no, try, that, you that, gonna that, try that, to change around it, and then you can make your statement. But please answer my question. You would be fine with this if he hit another guy. And let's say, let me add this to it because it's coming out. His attorney is saying that a white woman referred to him as the N word. So if a white man would refer to him as the N word, would have been okay for him to hit him. Yeah. Right. You ask my you, you ask my mentality. You answered Doc's point. <clears throat> yes, my mentality. Yeah, it just would have happened. So then, the really issue is not about where you are in your life. It was just about the subjugation of a woman and where you put her in your life. Yeah, which I think, in a lot of ways, dictates why women are still searching to have full status in this country, just like a lot of minorities. Which is sad because we do it upon ourselves because we get into the framework of the heterogeneous masculinity in a lot of ways, what some people look at in terms of white supremacy as this country builds its foundation on. And to, <clears throat> excuse me, everyone. And to further go to Doc's point, I posted the article about the, in, the incident involving DeAndre Johnson and the woman on Facebook. And one of my friends shared it on, on her wall. And one of, the second comment on her on the post on the wall of her wall is from a woman. This is the quote. Yep. If you don't want to get hit, then don't throw the first punch. Wow. That's a woman. I, that's it. I figured as much. There's quite a few that have been called, have called in on shows, daytime and nighttime shows, that have said the same thing. You don't want to get hit, don't hit. You what, do you, what do you say? <clears throat> I still have the mentality of what I have, and that is not going to happen. Male chauvinist. It's just, doc, it's just who I am and how I approach it. Well, I mean, I'm simpler than you. I don't believe in fighting is the way that you show your frustrations when you get in a situation. Uh, all means, I say, find a different way to handle it. So, again, mine is not gender biased. And you're, and we talked about this before the podcast. Oh, racially biased. Okay. Um, DeAndre Johnson lost his temper, threw a punch at her. And because he reacted, uh, of how he reacted, his college career at Florida State is, is over. His future earnings took a hit 
because of how he reacted, how he responded to what she said, what she did. So your point about it being okay for him to hit a white guy, if he had said the same thing, same result could have still happened. Yes. He could have lost scholarship, kicked off the team, and hurt his future earnings. Probably would have. Because he lost his cool and how he reacted. And? And that's the the bigger issue, is he lost his cool. First, you said it, you okay. said it was a, a gender. A gender thing. Yeah. Okay. The ultimate thing is, either way, he was, especially now, nowadays, in today's society, in 2015. Correct. Football players, especially Florida State football players, yeah. really got to be on, on straight and narrow. If he would have hit a white guy, white guy, knowing he was Mr. Football in high school, a senior year, Johnson was a Mr. Football, white guy, friends could have said, yo, man, this dude gonna make some money. Make some money out this, man. Sue this dude. Same problem he faced, same issue, because he hit the same thing. Because of how he reacted. And my bigger picture. My point is. My bigger picture with that is what you just mentioned. Issues with program overall, Florida State. That, that's, uh, for whatever reason, that program now is. is oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no. no. You, 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 don't, you don't think it's, about, it's, it's no, somebody who walk up no, and says, no, no. hey, Florida State. Michael Irvin disagrees with you. We, 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 we Michael take Irvin, shot. Benny Blades, uh, Luke. All them fellas from the U back in the 80s disagree with you. It ain't just Florida State. It's all these big-time programs. We can get in a whole other podcast about the players feeling entitled and all kinds of problems that that, res- that centers around. That's a whole other issue. And if you want to hear a little more about that, a lot of it is entitled and cultural identity associated with playing football, which I just had a young professor, Dr. Joseph Cooper from the University of Connecticut, UConn, as we talk about. Uh, conference-wise, talk about the issue of cultural identity, participation in sports, particularly young African-American men, if you would. You can go to Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab, get the podcast just released today from the show that airs every Tuesday from 7 to 8 on kcohradio.com, 12.30 a.m. for those people that want to listen to it live, 7 to 8 Central Standard Time every Tuesday. But again, you can go to SoundCloud and get Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab to hear his framework of why, in a lot of ways, this is an issue in terms of athletes in general, but more so about young African-American men creating their cultural identity associated with football, which really leads to a lot of these issues that we're talking about today. And that's how we're going to wrap it up. How can folks find you on the Internet, sir? You can find me on the Internet, Facebook. Uh, Twitter tweet deck at Jerry L. Woodley Jr. J. L. Woodley 1. Blogger, f- uh, uh, SoundCloud, and YouTube, AKSV, the CSR, the College Sports Report. Doc? Yes, you can find me on the social media platforms under Dr. Kenyatta Caville. If you want to hear a lot more of my framework on things, it may not be very comfortable with you, but hopefully it'll create different frameworks that you see the discussion. It's you about can follow education. me 
Definitely about education. And that's what I like to do the most out there. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. D-R-K-E-N-Y-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. D-R-K-E-N-Y-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. As I just stated, you can follow me on my radio show, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Obviously, as you see, we talk about HBCU sports, but this summer we have a special segment that is looking at the business of sports. It just makes dollars and cents where we talk about different issues related to sports from a business framework and how it ties back to HBCUs, but intriguing, insightful information where we bring in fellow fellow professors that teach sport management at the collegiate level. So most of these individuals we're bringing in are doctors that have been trained in years, written research in these areas, so you can really get a great deal of insight from it. So you can go to SoundCloud and listen to the last three, four episodes of Dr. Cavill's Inside HBC Sports Lab and get these recordings as we talked about with folks as Dr. Fritz Polite, Dr. Joseph Cooper. Fritz Polite is a professor at Shenandoah University. Uh, Dr. Cooper is at UConn. We'll have um, other professors coming on from University of Georgia. Um, We also had a professor on a couple of weeks ago that just signed the contract to start his teaching career at Alabama A&M. We have Dr. Flowers from Texas Southern. Uh, we have some from Texas A&M. So you'll get a broad list of information uh, from professors that are getting it done in regards to doing research. And so, again, that's Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab on SoundCloud. KCUHradio.com, 1230 a.m. every Tuesday from 7 to 8 Central Standard Time. Doc, um, listen. before you finish out uh so far because you and i'll be headed off to football media days so far who do you have wrapped up as far as where you'll be headed definitely going to SWAC uh on the 17th okay still trying to get the MEAC. i've gotten all my credentials set up but making flight plans plan to ride up from north carolina to with a colleague uh, but he needs to uh take care of a couple of business before i lock that down I'll have some access to the CIAA and SIC, so in some form or fashion, I'll be able to bring you uh, the great information on all four HBCU media days that will take place later this month. With that, we'll have some special releases coming out, All-American teams, a new uh, HBCU awards banquet is coming in December. Give you some great news on that. I'm very excited about that. The framing's about that. That'll be released. Uh, next couple of weeks, so keep your eyes open. As soon as we do it, you'll hear it first on podcast right here. And then uh, we have a conference coming up that we're very excited about. So we'll get that information out to you in a couple of weeks. So as you see, we're full of a lot of information that we're going to bring you. So continue to listen to podcasts for the latest and greatest. Not only what the insight that we're bringing you in terms of being uh, locally renowned, but nationally respected. From that framework, uh, we're going to start bringing you some opportunities to um, buy some T-shirts and some other items. So look forward for this because we're really going to take some things to the next level as we close out this year going into the fall. I think it's the perfect time to do it. So please follow us closely. We want to thank all those that are doing out there. And I know, Chris, you're going to do it even more boldly with that. But I wanted to throw that onto the table. All right. I will be heading off to uh, Big 12 
and Conference USA in a couple of weeks uh, around the 20th to the uh, 22nd. And then August the 3rd and 4th, I will be headed out to Rhode Island for the American uh, Football Media Days. It'll be interesting this year. I'm really looking forward to uh, the uh, Big 12 uh, Media Day. Conference USA is down in Florida this year. It'll be interesting just because uh, they've decided to go outside of the state of Texas and all to, to do this. And, and I'm waiting on the uh, Southland right now. Pretty much, it's, uh, it's pretty much a guarantee. Uh, we've got uh, travel plans and hotel and all situated. And lastly, as I finished up, uh, it's a guarantee. What's up? Is it in writing? I'm talking about the. Uh, or do they give you their word? Uh, is the word as strong as DeAndre Jordan's? <laughs> talking about as far as travel plans, I, you, I said it, you said it was a guarantee. I'm just based on today's events. <laughs> Unless it's in writing, ain't Jack a guarantee. Other thing, well, oh, even if it's in writing, and if I, got, if I got a good lawyer, that ain't much. Well, let me go ahead, sir. Okay, and I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. But uh, two things I'm excited about. One, next season, Texas State football championships game will be had, had uh, will be played here in the city of Houston. According to who? According to UIL, they've made the announcement. It is on Twitter. So it's official now? Yes, sir. Because earlier this afternoon, there was some him and hawing that it wasn't official yet. Well, it's official. It's Mark Berman jumped the gun, as Scoop usually does sometimes. And, you know, trying to be number one. You know, well, he is number one. You know, but sometimes you got to be careful. No. So, so now, it is, be, now it's official. Being number one, you just go out there. You take your liquor. You just take your liquor on road. You more than you uh, need. And, get him, and, and then one last thing. Uh, Getting back what we talked about earlier about fireworks. Hebron football field in Texas has fireworks damage damage sections that will need to be replaced because they had the fireworks, holiday fireworks at the football field. Oh, wow. Apparently. Obviously. Apparently. One final thing I know you can close out and looking for that. I talked about it a little bit earlier, but did get the official announcement that the book that I edited with Three other professors, as I named, Dr. Billy Hawkins, Dr. Joseph Cooper, Dr. Akila Carter-Franzik. Um, the athletic experience at historically black colleges and universities, past, present, and persistence, uh, was just shipped off uh, to be printed. And so look for those books to come. You can do pre-orders. Now just Google up that title, The Athletic Experience at Historically Black College and Universities, Past, Present, and Persistent. Really excited about that edited volume. There's a particular chapter that I wrote in the um, book itself, Early Athletic Experiences at HBCUs, the Creation of Conferences. Very excited, very insightful for people that really like to look at history, sporting history, particularly in this case, HBCU sporting history as we look at the sporting HBCU diaspora. Congratulations, Doc. Wow, this one, this podcast flew by so much so and this is not intentional we didn't get into to, to uh talking about world the success cup. of the women's world cup u.s team but I, I am happy bringing home the goal i was upset about one thing with, i couldn't sit down fast enough now for them to, to yeah they, to watch with the, i mean i've never seen that before ratings, in my life tv viewing numbers that rivaled the uh, college football semifinal wow uh playoff game the two games they were 15.2 overnight rating yeah, from a viewers, they uh, they in that next stratosphere. That's hey, Title Nine paying off. Yeah, Title Nine is paying off. 
but we'll yeah, see, but you don't we'll see, see gender issues in that matter. Yeah, we'll see how much it pays off for the Houston Dash as they continue their home season here that they have Carly Lloyd. And we'll see how many fans come out to see them play. Their first game will be uh, July 12th. I think you'll see a good crowd there, yeah. and then it, it'll start to it, it, Exactly. So we'll see. I'm, I may get out to a game or two. So, But apologies to them. I, 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 I expect, you. you know, I, I had hoped to talk about them more. but We'll get a chance to do it. But, week. you know. It's not stuff happens. Best, yeah. You just got to adjust. So stuff happens. Hey. We'll talk about the dash later on. Be all right. Another podcast. Be all so. right. But thank you very much for listening. This is a lot of fun, fellas. Thank you for your insight and your time, as always. Thank you. Great dialogue uh, amongst us. Listeners, you can tweet right, your thoughts about tonight's podcast, which you can check on, uh, get on SoundCloud.com, as well as iTunes. Go to our Facebook page, KG. Pittsburgh Wildcat and Doc on Facebook. I am Chris Gardner, KG of Houston Round Ball Review, Houston Round Ball Review on YouTube, Houston Round Ball Review on Instagram. I have developed, created an account on Cyberdust, Mark Cuban's brainchild, um, Houston Round Ball Rev on that. It's brand new. I'm still learning how to use that one, so I'm. I'm <laughs> yeah, let me let me know. I'm not afraid of that one. It, it, it looks really good and all because you can send stuff and it goes away. This goes into the cloud. It goes away. You can no tracking or anything. I'm just clueless on how to use that right now. And so. that ain't good. We all know that's not good. So uh, I, I get stuff. It won't take him long. But uh, you know, <laughs> it's 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 a nice it's a nice tool. Okay. So it, it's something that I think people can utilize a lot more. But KG Fifth Wildcat and Doc Podcasts are out there for you to like I said, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Podcast Directory is a brand new one. They uh contacted me about joining pod directory that's what it's called pod directory pod directory so if you heard us listen to this podcast you can tell your friends there's a lot of different ways to check us out and access the podcast thank you for spreading the word about the kg fifth world wildcat and doc podcast it's football season coming around the corner you heard my colleagues talking about where they're going to be in a few days we touched on soccer we touched on basketball college football Big boy college football, NFL football, and fireworks. A lot, a lot we discuss in this podcast shows you that we're versatile and we do pay attention to what's going on in the world around us. Oh, oh. So thank you as always for your time, your interest, and your support. Gonna wrap it up as I always do. In conclusion, yep. Be true. Yep. Be cool. Uh huh. And do more. Uh-huh.